Hello everyone and welcome back to our podcast series called Our Minds Matter. I'm joined here by the lovely members of the iRoll Youth Forum, well some of them. Introductions, I'm Susanna. I'm Abby. I'm Ben. And, and we're, we're the, the Emilys. <laughs> lovely. I hope everyone enjoyed our last two podcasts. If you haven't listened to them, where have you been? Get with the program. Um, so, you know, you can check them out on the iRural and Scott Street Facebook pages, on Podbean, Stitcher and Google Podcasts. So there is really no excuse. Everyone's got the internet. It's 2021, people. So, you know, you can listen to us talk about all things young people, rural areas and mental health. So if that's your thing. We've got it. And today's podcast will be no different. So to start us off today, Ben. Our first question today is, do you think mental health is taken seriously by young people in your area? So we'll start with you, Emily. Um, well, I feel there's not as many resources for people in the countryside because in the town, there's maybe a lot more community groups and places you can go to speak to people and to find out and educate yourself about mental health whereas in like the rural areas there isn't as many places yeah there's a lot more outreach maybe in urban areas and sometimes rural areas we're forgotten about a bit um but i think with social media and all now it's helped a lot and um, especially over the pandemic you know there's been a lot more awareness about mental health and i think people are starting to take it bit more seriously and understand what it means yeah definitely i think the pandemic has been very big in making people genuinely aware that this is affecting people's mental health especially young people who have been so used to being everywhere by pe- surrounded by people but they don't have that anymore and it is and it is nice to see but there's still like a very long way to go i think in regards to how mental health is viewed and treated and recognized especially in young people because if I hear someone else say, oh, it's hormones, I'll actually, oh. no, nah, I can't do that. <laughs> it's hormones, yeah, it's hormones, that's what anxiety, thank you, miss. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, but yeah, it does need to be taken a bit more seriously, but we're getting there. Yeah, I think as individuals, you think it's important, but then when you get to a group or you go to school or you kind of act as if it doesn't exist, maybe wishfully, you know, we're hoping that it um and it isn't a problem but you can't ignore it either is there anything specifically that you think like could be done to make young people take mental health more seriously i think it's important to spread awareness especially through social media and talking about it in school and everything but i think an important method would be cutting it down from the source do you know before it gets too late because a lot of people maybe think you know like it's all fine and good I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> um, basically, like, yes, whenever things have got bad, you can resolve it and you can make it better and work on that, and that's great. And I think we're getting further with that. But it's the things that cause it, like childhood trauma or bullying or all that stuff, we need to work on preventing that. Um, I also think, like, like, take it more seriously. Like, if people are off from school, like, if they are suffering from it, like... Not everyone talking about it or making it such a big deal, like such and such is off of this and they're not feeling well about this and like sort of I don't know what the word the word gossiping about it would be the right word. Yeah. Um such making a big deal about it because you know, in the end gossip 
does get round and if you get if you get what I mean sort of um not making such a big deal if someone doesn't feel great like making them feel bad then for opening up about it or if they've taken time off from school just to step back or get back on track or something yeah feeling the way that is kind of like bullying it's like talking behind people's back and we all have struggles and I think that's something we ignore sometimes is we're singling someone out for something that they often can't really control yeah I know exactly what you mean even what Emily said they're about taking time off school and all that um I know, and I'm I'm comfortable enough sharing my own experiences with it. I feel like schools don't do enough to do something preemptive, like mm-hmm. you said, because I I took a whole month off of school due to bad mental health and stuff like that. And when I came back, the big focus was my grades were slipping and I had to drop out of one of my A-levels and I had to get help with stuff like that, which sure f- helped my grades slightly, but it didn't cut to the root of the issue. So I feel if it started with schools where young people are forced to be until the age of 16 schools really need to start taking a bigger interest in doing more on like the ground level so before stuff gets so bad and noticeable you know even just taking a student in on like a friday evening and going like here are you all right like building a trust where they can say here are you feeling all right everything going okay good with your friends not just great friends yeah yeah like a more permanent solution rather than just a temporary or you'll help your grade for this test or something yeah or when it there's no talk about mental health until it's about april and they're like i know everyone's stressed from their exams so remember it's like i'm not stressed about my exams i'm stressed about other things and like this isn't helping yeah they need to realize that grades aren't everything in life and your own health is much more important yeah like we were talking earlier about um, social media and how we've seen like plastered all over you know mental health week and everything on the school facebook and websites and everything and that's fine but what are they actually doing in the school to help us do you know they're still putting the same amount of pressure on us and you know we're still under the same amount of stress it doesn't help if they tell us after the damage has been done yeah I also think there's a really one-track way of look of the way they look at mental health, in the sense that the stuff that they see as mental ill health, because we all have mental health, so talking about mental health is rubbish. Mental ill health, you know, it's that idea of oh, you're stressed because of school, you're stressed because of this. I this might be a bit niche, but you've got students who maybe need additional needs. I know I've got friends with learning disabilities who would say that they were treated awfully by teachers and their mental health took a toll for different reasons that they'd imagine. So maybe the issue isn't school, like friends or exams. The issue is sitting in a classroom and it's just not taken to that level. So back to the main question then. As a youth forum, do you feel that this podcast will increase awareness to help others struggling? I'd really hope so. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's one of our main goals. And it'd be great if we did help someone out there. I also hope it would maybe maybe get to schools a bit more to sort of say maybe help us a bit more, change things a bit more. Get what I mean? Yeah. Like them sort of say they're they're not doing everything that they are saying they are doing. Somewhat posting it on like Instagram, oh mental health day, woo like <laughs> what's that gonna do? Yeah, exactly. No offense. 
Miranda thinks girls. I think hopefully it'll encourage people to maybe take action more or notice if someone is having a bad day or feeling down or if something is wrong and try to help them. Hopefully our advice will aid with that. And maybe not like judge somebody if they do go off for a wee while off school, not make a big deal about it because then that'll make them feel a bit off too. It's important to be considerate, really. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the better word. Yeah. <laughs> right, so thanks for your input on that question. Hand over to Emily Moore. Um, we're going to take a real quick break now, and in the meantime, here are some views of young people in our areas about what mental health means to them. I think mental health is how you deal with your feelings and it affects how we think and act. It is just as important as physical health, but I don't think many people realise this. We all need to look after our mental health, just as you would with your physical health, in order to live a happy and healthy life. Hey everybody, welcome back to Iworld and our podcast. Hope you're all enjoying us, hope you're still with us. Um, now we're going to talk about our summer plans for this year. Now that um, our, uh, we've come out of lockdown and uh, rules are a bit more re- relaxed, I was going to say released there, <laughs> um, relaxed um, and maybe do some stuff that we didn't get done like last summer. But I'm kind of excited for we're heading up to Port Stroud a bit more because you remember I don't know if you remember last year but there was a restriction on how far you're allowed to travel mm-hmm. but this year I think they're going to maybe hopefully take that away so I can get up to Port Stroud and go surfing oh <laughs> class yeah I think p- places like Port Stroud they're normally busy oh yeah but they'll be far busier a lot of people are doing a staycation oh yeah I'm doing that too with yeah. my friends we're going up for like a weekend hopefully Oh, I hope you enjoy it. That's yeah, good. hopefully it be good weather. Come on, Northern Ireland, we need a bit of weather. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's been awful the past few weeks. Yeah. Um, I know. And But do you not think after the lockdown and after last summer, which was so long, do you not think this summer seems really short? We yeah. haven't even got that yet. I don't know if I'll be able to <laughs> appreciate it the same, but hopefully it will. Well, I think it will, but, you know. <laughs> no, I'm excited to do quite literally anything. <laughs> I'm yeah. no, me and my friends were thinking of going up to like an Airbnb somewhere for a couple of days. But honestly, it's just like I said this. I was like, the second cinemas are open, I am going there. I don't care what I'm seeing. I'm getting a big popcorn, a big drink, and I'm sitting there. Anything's better than sitting in my own house right now. <laughs> just even being at the cinema, such an experience. Like, you don't take it for granted. You were sat in the cinema going golfing, going like, yeah, this is fun. And now you can't do it for about a year and a half. And you're just like, please, God, let me anything, anything. I'll do anything. I'll, I'll do the weeds in the garden if it means <laughs> I, I get to, like, get up. Yeah, your whole mindset changes, like, doesn't yeah. it? Definitely. Um, as of now, I don't really have any plans for this summer. I'm trying not to think too far ahead and get my hopes up. But yeah. hopefully really just uncertain. Yeah. Just more socialising. Whenever you mentioned there's Susanna going to the cinema, I seen earlier, oh, I don't know where it popped up on my phone, but Peter Rabbit is being released number two on the 17th of May, and it says 
book your tickets for the cinema. So I am so excited. I waited over a year for this to be released. <laughs> oh my god, me too. <laughs> this this was a pairing from heaven. I'm I watched the first Peter Robin, I think, in lockdown, fell in love with it, and I wanted to see the second one so badly. <laughs> Oh wait, right, I can't even believe this, but they've just asked me, who on earth is Peter Rabbit? <laughs> Daniel! <laughs> okay, whenever you're a wee child, you sort of had these wee books, and there's why, I don't know, I can't even remember the author's name, do you remember? Beatrix Potter. Oh, okay, Beatrix Potter, yeah. No, no, it's Beatrix Potter, She has, a, like, I don't know, a whole set of books, and then they made it into a movie, and the guy out of Star Wars is actually in it, and I actually love him so much. Um, um, but yeah, um... It's just been a wee, and just a wee rabbit running about the place, basically, and he's uh, a cousin called... Benjamin. Benjamin, <laughs> and then there's Flopsy. And Mopsy. Mopsy. And Cottontail. Cotton oh, yeah, she's vicious too. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, love her. <laughs> she's like the, they're, they're triplets, they're three girls and they're triplets, so... Yeah, um, I'm so excited. We're like advertising Peter, I, I, Peter I, I, Rabbit. I, I hope everyone's prepared for a, for a Peter Rabbit fan show. Today we'll be talking about why this movie is going to be so good. <laughs> We're not off topic at all. Like, but <laughs> I'm sure you should probably go and see it in the summer next, so it's summer plan. Yeah. Well, other things that are coming out is Black Widow's coming out from Marvel. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Marvel, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, Loki is coming <gasps> out. Um, I'm sorry, but I'm in love with Loki. <laughs> yes. yeah. Sam, Tom Hiddleston. I love him to oh, pieces. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think me and Emily are, are, are finally <laughs> here a little bit. So. <laughs> Does anyone want to get abroad at all this year? Oh, I would love to. I would love to, yeah. I would love to go to heaven, but I don't Why think I'll risk it yet. Sunny blue skies. Anywhere? France, being yeah. anywhere really. Yeah. Learning those at school, so I'd like to practice my languages. But like, I don't really think I will get away this year because I don't really want to take a risk yet, you know? Yeah. I, I feel so stupid. You see all them, uh, like, oh, what is it, like them holiday travel agent people advertising on TV, like, book your summer holiday. I'm like, you know, we're going to lock down. You know that we're not going to go, we're not, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> It's almost mocking us. It's so yeah. yeah. They show these sunny beaches somewhere in like yeah. Santa Costa, and you're just like, yeah. It's raining outside my window. Leave me alone. Yeah. What do you all miss about going on holidays? What do you miss the most? For me, it's just the heat. Oh yeah, <laughs> getting away heat. from the Northern and Ireland. Warm climate. water. You know, if you go into I know, like Port Stewart, you got your wetsuit on you, but you're still freezing. Mm-hmm. I, I like like the Medi- Is it the Mediterranean Sea that's really warm? Yeah, go me. <laughs> I miss just like the experience of seeing someone new, learning new things and places, and seeing new cultures. And do you know, I don't know. You sort of in Northern Ireland, I don't know. Stuck in your house, you don't really get to see much diversity, and that's what I I like about traveling. I love seeing new food. <laughs> Food's an important part too, yeah. Yeah, like the breakfast in the morning. Yeah. Um, it's just a nice vibe. Yeah. <laughs> On the topic of food, is anybody excited to eat in Northern Ireland out in the new, like, or in restaurants in Northern Ireland? Like being allowed to back in again? Yeah. I worded that really well. I've, I've heard some new places are opening up, like Tim Hortons and. I want to try like that, that place in Port Arden, like the Italian pizza place. It looks Wait, really, really good. Um, yeah, that's. Can we say the name of the restaurant, or is that like, Ur in Portadine? It is quite good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll no lie, it's it's quite good. I can't have a lot of food, so. Yeah. You're on, 
There you go, Er. There's some free free sponsorship. Please sponsor this <laughs> podcast. And then again, not, not, not as a joke. Just please don't sue us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what do you what do you think about food or that? I don't mind eating out like if I'm out, but I wouldn't be like going away specifically just to sit in a restaurant. Just yeah, I'm the same. Like I thought I would miss it a lot more than I have. Like I'm not a cook. I can barely make toast, but. <laughs> But I've sort of come to like, you know, our wee routine um, stuff every week. Like, I don't know, and it's a bit cheaper too, you know, than getting fast food all the time. Like, thought I'd miss it, but yeah, not so much. Maybe cafe is more than anything. Yeah. I got you, but not not and bits of wee Chinese. Oh, <laughs> Gravy true. chip on a Friday night is <laughs> oh, unbeatable. Unbeatable. Yeah, the takeaway would do me, like. That's, uh, that's <laughs> all I need. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. What would you get in your takeaway? Pizza? McDonald's? <laughs> pizza. Oh, good. Usually. What would you get in your pizza? Uh, depends. Pepperoni or... Would you put pineapple in your pizza? Definitely not. <gasps> <laughs> no, you have to get your um, pineapple in your pizza. Right. I th- thank you all, guys, for your summer plans. And we're going to head on to our interview with Pat McKibben. He is an ex-Man United football player. He mm. was very kindly, or very ki- he was very kind and gave us his, his story. Hey, everyone. It's Daniel from A Rural here. Um, I hope that you're enjoying our podcast so far. At this point, um, we're delighted to introduce uh, Pat McKibben. Um, who is here with me and is going to do a short interview. Um, we're really glad that Pat has taken some time out to speak with us today. And just at this point, on behalf of the Iwerl Youth Forum, we'd like to thank you, Pat, um, for just coming along and sharing some thoughts with us today. And we really appreciate that. So just to um, get us started, Pat, um, if you maybe just want to tell us a wee bit about yourself. Yeah, look, first of all, thanks for the introduction, Daniel. You know, th- this is something that I would, you know, speak about a lot, not just about my career, but just my whole personal story, I suppose, as well, and the journey to, to where I am now with, with Train to Be Smart. So, I suppose just to give you a, a brief overview, um, I've always been interested in sport, I've loved it, I've had a passion for it from. I was a nappies and you know whatever sport was going I was always playing you know through primary school it was mainly Gaelic sports because that was the sport that was played and then went into secondary school whether it was cross country running Gaelic football basketball soccer whatever sport was going I was playing so played locally um, and for from learning United from 11 through to 15 almost 16 and then joined Portadown at 16 um, after a couple of years of playing for Portadown, then I made a career for myself initially with Man- Manchester United for five years and then for with Wigan Athletic for five years and also played international football uh, with Northern Ireland as well. So um, it's always been a, a big, big part of my life and something I've been passionate about. You know, family is also very important to me. Um, you know, from again a very young age, I was I was always very attached family, very supportive family, and, and my dad, in particular from a football point of view, was a great mentor to, to what went on. You know, loads of encouragement. Um, didn't say very much, but load you know the quiet encouragement and brought me to games and you know 
had had me at a stage where when I was playing well, he didn't say it too much to the, the, put you on a pedestal, but when you know you maybe had a poor game as everybody tended to do at times, um, you know, he, he, he didn't criticise in, in any way too much either. So I suppose it was a great grounding and it's something that I've brought in the, the management and coaching and management when I went in debt. So that side of things has, has always been important to me. Um, the, in my first year, and this will this will come around to obviously train to be smart. In my first year at Manchester United, um, I received a phone call eight months in to say my brother had taken his own life. So that was something that I suppose had a profound effect on what the work that I'm doing now. Um, I always explain it that. I probably felt like I parked the bus, so I went back to Manchester, trained and had to train hard, you know, in order to, to succeed as a professional footballer. It's a difficult career to get into. Um, but whenever I came back home, eventually moved back home with my family, with Barndad and, and, and my children then, um, it was, I started, there were trigger points and triggers as, as I came home, seeing the family home. And it was a difficult time of my life because it was a lot of transition. Um, we had six house moves at the same time. It, 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 there was a lot of upheaval. And, 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 and I struggled, you know, from a mental health perspective, especially with what almost felt like the loss of my identity as well with stopping playing football. So there was a lot of dynamics there. But eventually in 2013, I found that the charity trained to be smart and whilst it has been hard work at times it has been very powerful in the fact that it's you know doing something very positive out of what was a, a tragic situation with with Phillips and, and I believe that Philip is you know helping to drive the, the, the whole charity end of things so it's something that I love doing it's yes it can be challenging at times but you know we've got a great core volunteer base and you know I project coordinate the, the program so I suppose that's where I'm at now I still have a, a clinical background in terms of physiotherapy but I think the whole dynamics of mental health is is where I'm at now and it's what I really love yeah very good um <clears throat> quite a lot in that answer I must say <laughs> a lot interesting but um it's good. Uh, it's good just to be sitting with someone else who's interested in sport and football like me. For um, when I'm at home, uh, I don't get too much chat about sport, so uh, that's good. And it's it's great that you just touched on on Philip, your brother, and that as well. And we appreciate you just opening up about that. Um, but I suppose you've you've kind of mentioned about Philip, and you've just mentioned a wee bit about the transitions and how that maybe affected your mental health a wee bit and, and a few triggers and things but maybe if I was just to ask you you know what does mental health mean to you Pat um, and you have mentioned some experiences in our opening comments so I'll maybe just leave that question open for you just yeah. to maybe tell us you know what is mental health to you? Yeah well me mental health to me is you know the ability to, to it, it's mental health is on a continuum you know yes. and I think it, it, it's it's important to, to realize that within mental health you can be thriving 
in one area of your life but maybe struggling in another mm-hmm. and that's why it, it's hugely important and especially you know we, we spoke b- beforehand just about this wristband and the it's smart to talk wristband the, the smart stands for sharing my anxieties relieves tension and it's that whole thing surrounding the shared experiences of life i suppose and i think that's where and um, we touched on it about the, the things surrounding balance and I think with it, within the area of mental health it's just all the areas of your life and how you're reacting to them mm-hmm. both physically, mentally and emotionally you know so um, and and everybody I suppose is different you know we we, we all have our, our various ways of, of reacting and I suppose coping and making sure that those coping mechanisms are you know, positive coping mechanisms. So this is an area that I'd, I'd speak about, you know, quite a bit, and a lot of it surrounds the, the five steps to well-being. Very good, Pat. Um, just picking up there about the, the advice part, just on the, on the coping mechanisms, um, if you don't mind me asking, would there be any, even just one bit of advice you would maybe give our listeners, you know, who maybe are sitting and listening here maybe struggling with something at the moment or maybe are finding it difficult to take that first step to maybe even talk to someone you know what they may be feeling down or low or however their emotions may be um is there anything you would maybe say to them yeah well i, th- I think that the big a couple of the big ones surround the the idea of you know speak to somebody that you trust mm-hmm. and speak to somebody that that won't judge yes. you know because that's that's important and, and i would always say within the area of mental health you don't necessarily need to be an expert but you do need to cure and you know there's a difference between being nosy and being curious and whenever it comes to the, the, the mental health sphere people that are really passionate about it will have an active ear they'll listen yes. people and there are definitely people out there in a way there's people do great work in in within counseling and with various mental health groups where we see ourselves we're trained to be smart and i see myself within the health and well-being sphere is that it's giving people those small steps in order to the the understand what mental health is and to make the necessary steps before it gets to that point where you know they're very depressed severely you know anxious or you know leading to to self-harm and uh, suicide because the truth of the matter is i go out within schools i would go out daniel and the saying is you know the saying that i say to the, the kids is don't judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree so we've all our own special strengths and it's making them understand that which is hugely important very good um, uh, one bit of advice i think you give about 10 there so that was brilliant <laughs> okay. so i'm sure um, for everyone that's listening there's there's a wee bit in that for us all um i think as well i've mentioned this before on our our interviews um and I think it backs up what Pat talks about, you know, trust and um, going to somebody who, you know, will feel and will sit down and listen and, and care for you. And, you know, for those young people that are listening who know Iroll and Scott Street, you know, remember us as youth workers are here for you as well. You know, we, we are working with you week by week. And 
it's our job and I know I can speak for the guys uh, that I work with that you know we do care for you young people as well um, <clears throat> and always remember that, that we are always here to listen um, and to help you all in any way that we can so um, you've mentioned a few times about uh, Train to be Sparked Pat um, do you want to elaborate a wee bit on that just um, in, in general you've kind of given us kind of the background as to where it's come from um, and, and your maybe role in it um, maybe there's a few bits you could add to that maybe for the listeners. yeah well look I mean we, we've been working with um, with various sporting organisations and, and mental health groups since 2013 and I've been working with them a lot so we've had big mental health events like Roy Keane came over in 2016 did a, a Q&A it was really good uh, Sir Alex Ferguson with um in 2017 did a mental health event and a lot of it surrounds i suppose character building and those areas of of personal development that you know we have affiliated football teams daniel we've affiliated football teams from under seven right through to under 17 um and yes you you know you can learn to, to, to strike a ball with your right foot, you can learn to volley a ball with your right foot or your left foot, you can head a ball, but this is more about personal development skills surrounding empathy, teamwork, you know, leadership, communication, all of those, and, and how you look at yourself internally and how you speak to yourself internally, which can help you then externally to be a better form of yourself. So. Um, that that is a big part of trying to be smart. We've got great volunteers who, you know, obviously work very hard. Um, as well as that, um, we have worked with various groups in terms of doing, for example, ahead of the game program with the IFA. I've worked with with Inspire, with Pips, with yes. with various groups and. It really is about building resilience and using sports as a medium mm-hmm. to, to, to build resilience and also to, to maybe pick up on wee issues that you could then help the, the kids and also the community at large with. So that that's where I suppose trying to be smart is. We we've so many dynamics yes, to it yes. that it would be hard if, if I started, you know. But you have, uh, I could I, I could speak for I could speak for an hour and a half yes. about this. But I think it's mainly given given the 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 children and, and young people and the vulnerable the opportunity from whether it's at a young age to have that follow on through the secondary school in the third level education or employment and then even further into adulthood where you maybe are either stuck from a mental health perspective or you know you're you're suffering from a mental health perspective so it's to give that help and support very good um good answers um i think for the youth forum guys that are listening i think that was basically uh, when Pat said that he could speak all day about the dynamics, that's him saying that um, he'll come in and do a live interview for us someday. <laughs> so thanks, Pat. I didn't even have to ask you. <laughs> um, no, but very good answers. Um, <clears throat> I, I picked up on one thing about how people look internally and externally at themselves. And I think that's a big stigma within young people as well about, you know, image and I'm maybe not 
as good at this as somebody or I'm not as popular as I am or um and I know um <clears throat> that's a big thing within our areas um and I know that's something that the rural project um along with Scott Street um I've done a few programs on which have been a great success and um, so I'm glad you brought that up. Um I think we're basically wrapped up here, Pat. You've covered quite a lot. Um, and, and three questions. I was hoping to kind of interrogate you a bit more, but you've been a cool customer. You, you know the game, so you do. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I hope our listeners have enjoyed that. Um, and, and we thank you, Pat, for, for doing this for us and for taking the time out. Um, and in regards to Train to Be Smart um, and the, the club or the organisation as a whole, uh, we, we wish it a success and continued success in the work that you're you're doing through that um and we hope maybe we'll see you in the near future again uh, sometime so thanks again pat for doing that for us we really enjoyed that not a problem at all thanks no i really enjoyed it welcome back everyone i'm ben welcome to my segment of the podcast called positivity with ben for anyone that hasn't listened before this is anna said where you can find them but uh, the name Positivity came from me being from the country and talking about drinking tea rather than drinking tea. But in this segment, I'll give you some inspirational quotes to try and motivate young people. My first one today is Positivity Pledge. I shall no longer allow negative thoughts or feelings to drain me of my energy. Instead, I shall focus on all the good that is in my life. I will think it, feel it and speak it. By doing so, I will send out vibes of positive energy into the world and I shall be grateful for all the wonderful things it will attract to, into my life. Second one is self-confidence is the best outfit. Rock it and own it. The last one today is if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And that's all my quotes for today. I hope you've enjoyed them and I'll bring you some more the next time on Positivity with Ben. so much Ben that was very uplifting and inspiring once again as ever um so yeah we're drawn to near the end of our podcast yet again um so hopefully you've picked up um something from what we've been talking about today um whether it's going to see Peter Rabbit in the cinemas or I don't know but um if our advice didn't quite hit the spot or if you would like some additional support um just let you know about some more organizations that can help you so there's Lifeline, for example, um, their number is 0808-808-8000. Then we have Childline. I think everyone knows this number off by heart from primary school. <laughs> so it's uh, 0800-1111. <laughs> um, and they help any child, any child, any person under 18, 19 in the UK with any issue they're going through. Um, and it's free, confidential and available 24-7. There's also Action Mental Health. Um, their number is 028-3839-2314. Um, and as well, there's websites online, but also um, feel free to go talk to your youth workers, um, even the youth workers at IRL or SSYCC. Um, talking to anyone at all really helps. So, yeah, thanks to everyone for having a wee chat. And um, thanks to Emily Unsound. And thanks to Daniel and Andrew behind the scenes and um, for helping us out throughout. So, yeah, um, this is actually the last podcast in our series. So, unfortunately, 
everyone's a bit <laughs> but watch this space um sometime in the future we might be back to the mic so yeah till the next time bye <laughs>